0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We are always super excited to spend time with you. If you're a long-time listener, we really appreciate you. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We hope you enjoy today's case.
1: So last week, we covered a serial killer. And I'm curious if you're going to pick up on any similarities between this dirt bag we're going to talk about today.
0: Oh, not another Picton, please.
1: No, definitely not a Picton, but still just as disturbing, I think. Oh, no. Just not to the same magnitude. Or maybe he was and we just don't know. How many serial killers do you think that they're out there that never got caught?
0: Oh, tons.
1: Or how many do you think are caught just before they make that serial killer status? Which scenario do you think occurs more often?
0: I think probably ones that go undetected. I shouldn't say only, but serial killers only do need three murders to become a serial killer. And I think, well, now that I'm saying that, I'm like, maybe a lot would get caught beforehand before they would get to that three. Well, because usually they get really practiced, right? As they go on. True. But then they get sloppy. True. Hmm. Either way, it's a disturbing thought. I think more go undetected, to be honest. Especially ones from the past before we had the technology for databases and stuff. I think it was harder to even know that there was a serial killer out there.
1: And make the connections.
0: Right. If they traveled between states or provinces or between cities even. They may not even know that there was a similar murder that happened X amount of miles away. And that's a disturbing thought that there's
1: serial killers among us.
0: I know. And I don't know if any of our listeners are following us on our social medias, but I do this thing called Dirtbag Details every Monday I post it. And I did post one about how through your lifetime you walk past murderers multiple times. Without ever knowing. Yeah. That grandpa that holds the door for you at the supermarket <laughs> might be a murderer. You just don't know.
1: Or the ones that are Santa Claus at the mall that you're setting your kids down on their lap for.
0: Pictures. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a throwback to Bruce MacArthur, our very first episode. <laughs> Crazy.
1: But I am always always amazed at the amount of times that murderers are caught
0: by chance. Oh, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Where they get pulled over for a traffic violation and then find out like, "Oh my goodness."
1: Yeah, some of the most notorious serial killers have been caught by random acts. Absolutely. The son of Sam. Mm -hmm. David Berkowitz. Yep. Was brought down by a parking ticket, like you mentioned. Ted Bundy was caught driving a stolen car, but originally the cop was only pulling him over because his lights weren't on. Right. And the Golden State Killer, Joseph James D'Angelo, was caught through a Jed match from a family member's DNA.
0: I know, that's so wild. Which is all just so random. Yeah, I like to think that the stars kind of aligned to help get those dirtbags off the street. The universe was being kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even the universe was like, okay, we've had enough of this one. Let's get him out of here. (laughs) That's right.
1: And that's what happened with the killer that we're going to discuss today. His despicable deeds were unearthed by a couple of plumbers that were
0: called in to fix a clogged drain. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was all excited until I heard about the clogged drain because I know what that means. (sighs) Oh, no. I should
1: warn listeners today that this is going to be a gruesome case. Oh, because I want to tell you all the evidence that they found so that we can surmise what happens to these victims. Yeah, it's
0: always hard to share those gruesome details, but it is part of the case. That's part of what happens. Mm -hmm. But thanks for the warning. Adam Jeffrey Strong was born on September 29th, 1972.
1: As a youth, his childhood was less than ideal. He describes being neglected by his parents and never really being nurtured or taken care of. At the age of four, he reports being sexually molested by a female babysitter, and this led to him having very deviant thoughts by the time he was seven years old.
0: Oh no. Mm -hmm. So from
1: the time he was seven, his violent fantasies led to an enjoyment of killing animals, and his favorite ones to kill were woodpeckers. What? I know. I can't even imagine how he would catch a woodpecker.
0: I was just going to say, how the heck do you catch a woodpecker without getting your eyeballs pecked out?
1: Well, I have a hard enough time catching my chickens. Like, I can't even imagine catching a little bird. But they were his favorite to strangle and kill. I wonder why. I don't know. He never really says why, but he does say that woodpeckers were the ones that he would search out to kill. Huh. As an adult, he would work various jobs at gas stations and coffee shops and occasionally as a film set security guard in Oshawa in Ontario, Canada.
0: That's interesting that you say that he's a security guard as well, because that's another thing that often serial killers have is a fascination with authority. And they try to become security guards or join the army, the Navy, police force, those types of things. They like control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he has those two things now, the animal cruelty and that going for him.
1: And the childhood abuse and neglect.
0: Yes, that's right. Huh.
1: He rented various apartments and did not receive any glowing reviews from his landlords who said he rarely cleaned or even bothered to take out his garbage. Ew. Uh-huh. Gross. It's already a
0: stinky dirt bag.
1: Yeah. Instead of throwing out garbage, he just left it to collect there in rotting piles around him and he just lived amongst the filth.
0: Oh, so this is giving me Picton vibes. Melissa actually showed me a picture of Adam right before we started and I was like, I don't know why, but he just looks to me like he smells. <laughs> She's like, well, he does.
1: <laughs> yes, he does. Because he didn't waste any of his time cleaning, he had a lot of free time to surf websites that featured gore and people dying. He enjoyed videos of people being killed and suicide videos.
0: Oh, so he would like search out snuff films. hmm Oh, my goodness. A great deal of his time was spent on pornographic sites that had a flair for depicting violence. Oh, and that's a slippery slope because what might excite them at one moment after a while, that doesn't give them that same thrill and they go darker and darker and darker.
1: And you're going to see that's what happens with Adam. He starts off with just enjoying BDSM and several of his past partners would testify that he enjoyed tying them up and choking them during sex, but it quickly evolves into other things. Most of his sexual partners from his 20s and 30s would say that these acts were consensual. But as time went on, just like you said, these encounters changed from consensual to non-consensual. By the time he had reached his late 30s, he had forgone the need for choice from his partners. He wouldn't ask if they were okay with his rough sexual practices, nor would he stop when they protested. (gasps) Because it's adding to his thrill. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Acquaintances who asked to remain anonymous due to fear of Adam would say that Adam's behavior grew even more bizarre after the 2016 breakup with his girlfriend. According to them, his girlfriend had finally gained enough courage to leave the relationship that was controlling and abusive.
0: Oh, it's always shocking to me that guys like this even get girlfriends. I know. And he ends up with so many, I don't know how he finds them. So was he charismatic in his everyday life? was this something he kind of hid like if you say you worked with him at the same office would you have no idea
1: no he totally does not hide it oh at all he
0: posts it everywhere on Facebook
1: that that's what he's into
0: that is mind-blowing then a little bit like I get girls being attracted to like the whole bad boy persona but this is not bad boy persona to me this is full-on dirtbag creep yeah yeah I don't know how he attracted women And not to blame them, for whatever reason, this is where they've ended up in their life at that time as well.
1: And as we get into the story, I think you'll find that he has a very specific type of woman that he goes after. Oh,
0: he preys on the vulnerable. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So with this girlfriend that he had, Adam would often choke her unexpectedly, just randomly out of the blue for no apparent reason other than he liked to do it. So she'd just be sitting on the couch and he'd come up and choke her? Yeah. Or she'd be walking down the hall and he'd just jump in behind her and choke her. By this point, it wasn't even always about the sex. He just enjoyed having power over her. Oh, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. He had become a full-fledged dirtbag by this point. Thankfully, she
0: found enough courage to leave him. Mm -hmm. Because I can't imagine what would happen to her. She'd be one of the victims you'd be telling me about, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Even though his strangling wasn't just happening with sex
1: anymore, his sexual appetite did remain intertwined with violence. His last known girlfriend would testify that by the end of their relationship... She could not recall a time when Adam could ejaculate without the use of strangulation. Whoa. And so that just goes into your theory that his behaviors would have to escalate and he would need more and more stimulus
0: to find enjoyment. Right. Yeah, it's a slippery slope for sure. But even with pornography in general, sometimes people can have that happen to them. Like regular sex just isn't doing it for them anymore. That's right. Well, it becomes an addictive behavior. Right. right? And so you keep needing more and more of a fix. Right. And when your own sex life isn't playing out like a pornographic movie, because that's, I mean, that's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's not real life, people. No. (laughs) It doesn't look... But then they have a hard time climaxing. They need more and more.
1: Absolutely. And that was what was
0: happening with Adam. He just needed to keep going to the next level to get off. And that's super scary when you're adding violence into that mix. It's not just about the sex. It's about that violence mixed in with it. And that need to control another human being. Oh, So he created this
1: game called Your Life Depends on How Quickly I Come. (gasps) which involved him using his hands or fabric belt or sometimes even twine to choke women until he ejaculated. Whoa. He called it a game. And for some women, he would tell them about it and they would play it repeatedly. And for other women, he just forced them into the act
0: and wouldn't give them a choice. So during this game, did he ever kill anyone during this game, like doing this? Well, we don't know. There's a lot that we don't know about what Adam actually does to these women. But we'll get into it. But Adam's the one saying that he played this game or it's the
1: girls. It's women that have survived said that he would play this game with them and he admits to it. Okay, So this was a common game that he played with women that he had intercourse with. Wow. Those poor women. Yeah. The women who told the police about this game said that they went along with it because they were afraid of what Adam would do if they didn't. And so he would force them into it. His bondage techniques with his sexual partners would grow more sophisticated over the years, and his lust to dominate women grew as well. In his bedroom, he set up an intricate pulley system that would attach a rope through an eye hook system on the bedroom wall to a pulley and then up to the ceiling above his bed. The rope that Adam strung through this pulley system would end with a hangman's noose. <gasps> no! So he had a whole system set up in his bedroom so that he could choke them and still have the use of his hands. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And this was right above his bed, you said? Right above his bed. Once a woman was subdued and into the noose, he would heave on the rope and secure it until she passed out. Then he would violate her. He would also enjoy binding both of the hands and feet of women to door frames just to videotape himself having sex with the women while they were restrained. Holy cow. These are all accounts from women that have
0: had sexual experiences with him
1: and survived to tell the tale.
0: I can't even imagine those poor women going through these types of things.
1: No. Oftentimes, he would record these women without their knowledge, and then he would show the videotapes to his friends. (gasps) That's terrible. Paul Parker, a friend who saw one of these videos on Adam's phone, was disturbed by the women pictured in the video because she was a teenager. He said, it was like a child to me. It wasn't something that I wanted to see.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: When Adam was showing his buddies all these videos, he was portraying these women about like, look what I can do to these women. They're enjoying themselves so much. And he has them strapped to doorways and they can't move or anything
0: like that. And I 100% guarantee they were not enjoying themselves, Adam.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine how that would happen.
0: And so Paul Parker, does he go to the police? Because that's child pornography that he's just been shown.
1: No, he doesn't go to the police. Oh, Paul. It was clear from Adam's videos, though, that he preferred a specific type young teenage girls, ones that were lost and looking for love or work in all the wrong places. Oh no. So Adam was pretty proud of the things that he was doing with women. He referred to his apartment at 19 Macmillan Drive in Oshawa as the sex dungeon, And he would try to convince women to join him by telling them about the handcuffs, chains, and whips that he would use to dominate and control them. When he couldn't convince women to join them, he would pursue the local sex trade workers. It seems even when he was willing to pay for sex, though, he couldn't attract as many women as he wanted to and would often complain on social media, saying that it was difficult for a sex freak like himself to meet women.
0: Yeah, because you're a freak. This is going way above just regular BDSM stuff. Way above, yeah, right? Yeah, this is sexual assault. Like mm-hmm. This is not okay, Adam. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, and no one feels sorry for you. And who puts that on their social media? Could you imagine? So like, I'm gonna post this for my grandma to see on my Facebook page. Like, what?
1: After his initial arrest, people went and viewed his social media pages. And there were so many comments made about this guy's a serial killer. Like, absolutely, he did this to these women. He's a serial killer.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's given me those vibes, that's for sure.
1: His laments and Facebook posts are completely out of this world. Adam had a knack for airing his whole life on Facebook. He would share and comment about anything and everything. Inappropriate comments about BDSM cartoons of Marge Simpson and rants about being treated poorly by women flooded his Facebook pages. He was very open on social media about how he was turned on by rough sex. And he posted pictures of handcuffs and restraints hanging from the doorways in his apartment and numerous other bondage
0: items. So he's literally posting evidence on his Facebook page. Yep. My mind is blown with this guy. It is in i'm shocked he didn't get reported that he didn't go to facebook jail for a while you know
1: yeah he would special order bondage equipment because the stuff they sold in stores he would say was not heavy duty enough and was too easy to escape whoa these are comments he's making on social media and very openly when he orders them from the store the store attendants that's what he's telling them these are too easy to escape
0: so i need some better stuff yeah that should be a red flag Mm -hmm. because that's saying to me that this is no longer consensual no because you should be able to escape easily
1: that's right because if you're in it and you want to be there then you're not trying to
0: break those bonds right Right. and that's fine if that's what you're gonna do the two of you great but as soon as it becomes non-consensual and you cannot escape
1: not okay yeah it should be easy to escape he's one of the creepiest guys that i have ever researched but up until December ninth, 2017, he had no criminal record.
0: Huh, no one reported him. Nope.
1: Because they were so scared. The types of women that he countered, they were often down on their luck. They had nowhere else to go or they were young and didn't know any better. Often they were involved in the sex trade. And so he's accessing a very vulnerable population.
0: Yeah. His version of the woman woodpecker. Mm
1: hmm. So on December 29th, 2017, on that night, police are called to his apartment near Center Street and Bond Street West in Oshawa by a couple of plumbers doing a service call at the resident where Adam had lived since 2007, just a short distance from the Oshawa Creek. Two plumbers were called to 19 McMillan Drive to help with a clogged drain. The house was a rental property that had once been a single family dwelling, but had since been divided into two separate units. So there was an upper unit and a downstairs unit, and the entranceway had been divided by some drywall. The plumber's customer, the tenant that was in the upper apartment, complained that their drains were backing up with some sort of awful, smelly clog. They proceeded to the basement apartment because the two units shared the same plumbing around 3 p.m. So they figured that there must be some clog from the basement apartment the plumbers had been told by the upstairs tenant that adam had alerted them to a clog drain in his apartment on december 25th and had been working on it since then to unclog it
0: he reported it on christmas day
1: yeah they had went away because they were visiting a family member and so he called them up asking them if they had a snake that they could okay unclog his drain with yeah and so they knew that at that time he had a clogged drain and that he was working on it he was contacting his landlord to see if she had a snake she actually gave him some money to go out and buy one so from december 25th to december 29th he had been working on this clogged drain when the plumbers arrived in the basement unit they found adam had actually removed his toilet from his bathroom and had been attempting to clear the drain himself with an inflated condom which he had weighted down
0: what that was his like that's gonna push it through
1: i think that was his original (laughs) plan before he got the snake from his landlord
0: (laughs) yeah this will work like what (laughs) he had
1: to use what was on hand and condoms he had the smell was beyond anything a normal drain would ever smell like oh no there's decomposing bits right Mm -hmm. so the plumbers using their industrial snake began pulling up strips and chunks of a substance that appeared to be flesh as they collected strip after strip of the material clogging the drain they put it into grocery store bags One of the plumbers, a hunter, started to be very suspicious about the material that he was pulling out of the drains. It was pink and had hair on it in places. (gasps) As the plumber worked, Adam paced nervously behind them and then made some really odd exclamations like, oh, how gross. What do you think that is? Do you know what it is? And at one point, he even follows them back up into the neighbor's upstairs apartment when the plumbers return there to work on the dog drain from that side. The whole situation by this point is making these two tradespeople very uncomfortable and they text their boss photos of the material that they're finding. After discussing the situation over with their supervisor, they pack up their things inconspicuously and told Adam that they would return the next day to finish the job. Adam is super excited to see them go.
0: Yeah. Did they take the grocery bags full of the evidence with them Mm -hmm. and turn it in?
1: Once they're out of Adam's presence, they dial 911 right away. Good. Yep. At 718, a 911 call is placed and they let police know that there's something really odd and suspicious going on here. Can
0: you imagine those poor guys? They're just plumbers doing their thing. How horrific it would be to you just start
1: pulling it out of the drain and not thinking. Right. Yeah. They, I'm sure they pull out gross and random stuff all the time. But then, then if you do have bags of it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is really starting to look like flesh. And so at this point, they didn't know whether it was human flesh or animal flesh or what was going on. But the one plumber that was a hunter was like, mm, this isn't right.
0: Yeah, those poor guys.
1: That's a bad day at work. So in response to the 911 call, a constable from Durham Region Police arrived at Adams' house at 8.07 p.m. Once there, he learned that the plumbers had collected approximately 15 pounds of material (gasps) from the clogged drains. And they still weren't done.
0: 15 pounds?
1: 15 pounds of flesh was sitting in grocery store bags.
0: That's way more than I was picturing in my mind. That's wild.
1: The constable wasn't able to identify the material that the plumbers were showing him, so he called in more police officers. Even seasoned veterans were unable to identify the material that was looking a lot like strips of human flesh, but it just seems so crazy
0: of a notion that
1: it was hard to believe that that's what they were looking at.
0: Yeah, so random. Mm-hmm. Not what you're expecting.
1: No. All agreed, though, that it was suspicious enough to treat the whole house like a crime scene. When the police knocked on Adam's door, Adam opened the door readily, but ignored the officer's request to come in. Instead, he stepped out into the driveway with the officers, even though it was minus 20 degrees Celsius. Oh. And for our non-metric listeners... That's minus four Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's chilly. And then you add a wind chill on there. Yeah, and he's he's choosing to go outside, right? He's blocking the door of his apartment. Shortly after 8.30, an officer asked Adam what he had been flushing down the toilet. Adam dropped his head and said, you got me. The gig's up. It's a body. (laughs) What? The officers were so taken aback that for a few minutes, they couldn't even respond because they had not been anticipating anything like that.
0: No, for him to just admit it. But really, they did have him. What could he say? They're going to test this and know that it is human remains. And so he's like, you've got me.
1: But I think for me, hearing somebody say that, I would honestly think they were being sarcastic.
0: Mind you, if you are thinking it's human flesh and you're going to investigate that, and then he's like, you've got me, it's a body, I'd probably take him at his word.
1: And that's what they do. They regain their composure and Adam is arrested right there for murder. They don't know who the victim is. They don't know anything other than they've got this 15 pounds of what looks like human flesh and a guy saying it's a body. That is wild.
0: Because usually the dirtbags lie. They try to get out of it as much as they can. They plead innocent. Yeah, or dumb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, my brother was visiting. Maybe it was him. (laughs) He did it, not me.
1: So officers, they arrest him right away. They had to use two pairs of handcuffs to secure Adam because his frame is so large. Whoa! But as he was being secured, he was polite with police and kindly asked them to lock his front door, worried about his belongings being disturbed. I'm thinking he just admitted that there was a body in his drain pipes.
0: Yeah. Uh, You're not going home anytime soon, honey. Don't worry about your belongings.
1: And your stuff's going to be rifled through because now it's all evidence.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: While getting into the police cruiser, 10 minutes later, Adam told an officer with him that he was ready to spill the beans. The officer stopped him because he was worried about the admissibility of any of the statements that he would make without having first access to legal counsel.
0: Yeah. Smart.
1: Uh Uh-huh. But at 8.49, Adam spoke up again and told the officer, if you want to recover the rest of her, she's in my freezer. She's mainly defleshed.
0: Oh, he used the term defleshed?
1: Mm -hmm. And at this point, we know he used this term because he actually corrects the officer on the statement. Because The officer's quickly typing this all in to his mobile computer terminal in the car, and he corrects the officer to what his statement was.
0: Whoa. I wonder why they didn't just record him,
1: like voice record it. This wasn't a call that they were expecting to have to record anybody on true and so they wanted to get him legal counsel right away so that all of these statements that he was making to the police would be admissible right this statement sent officers looking for the freezer in adam's apartment
0: oh yeah can you imagine Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least they had a heads up as to what's in there
1: they found the deep chest freezer in his bedroom in his bedroom Mm -hmm. and inside of it they found five separate black garbage bags One of the garbage bags had a dead raccoon. One had two arms and two femurs. The arms were defleshed to the wrist, but the fingernails still had nail polish on them. The femur had been completely defleshed. The third garbage bag contained two lower legs and feet, again defleshed. The fourth bag was an entirely defleshed pelvis. And the final bag contained a female human head with a visible tattoo with the word alive under the ear. Get out. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say to that. I'm sure that's the police reaction too. He thought he was following up on a suspicious kind of clogged drain. Probably thinking he was going in like looking for drugs that were clogging a drain or something like that.
0: Yeah, or just some dummy putting meat down the drain or... Yeah, Something dumb like that,
1: yeah. And here they found human remains in a freezer.
0: And how terrible, finding all of those bags and a raccoon thrown in there, just in the mix. And I have officially decided if I never hear the term defleshed again, I'm okay with that. (laughs) How (laughs) horrific. And then just the irony of that tattoo saying alive. Mm -hmm. That just gives me a pit in my stomach.
1: And I don't know why it always bothers me when the dirt bags we talk about use garbage bags for victims' bodies, but it is just so degrading to treat a human being like garbage, like trash. Yeah,
0: it totally is. Yeah. No one should ever end up in a garbage bag. No.
1: So that tattoo was completely ironic. And one of the officers recognizes it and believes it to be from an unsolved case from the September of that same year.
0: Oh, so someone had reported this woman missing.
1: Mm-hmm. Back on the evening of September 11th, 2017, at 8.30 p.m., some individuals that were fishing off the pier at the Oshawa Harbor spotted what they thought was a turkey or a chicken carcass floating in Lake Ontario. One of the skilled fishermen cast his line and hooked an object to bring it in for a closer view. When they brought it to shore, the fisherman made the gruesome discovery, and I'm betting he wished he wasn't so good at casting. It was a decomposing female torso that had been split up the center line of the ribcage, and there were no internal organs left in it.
0: So does this belong to the woman in the freezer?
1: hmm These remains
0: were later identified
1: as Rory Hatch. She had been last seen on August 30th at 9.11 p.m. Rory's body was identified by DNA testing in early November, But police had yet to find who was responsible or what had happened to the rest of her body.
0: Yeah. And it's so wild to me that he kept all this other parts of her and then threw some into the lake. That doesn't make sense to me.
1: His answer is going to madden you. Oh, no. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm maddened already.
1: Rory had been a troubled youth that had been bouncing between shelters and sometimes sleeping outside in the cold. She had an addiction to drugs and used the sex trade to fund her habit. And she occasionally stayed at a shelter called The Refuge. And so police had interaction with her and they knew who she was. And that's why this one policeman recognized her tattoo, because he knew her as one of the people on the streets that he would encounter.
0: Right. And that's a very identifying mark. That kind of tattoo is not one you would see, especially Mm -hmm. in that place. There were some rumors around the time that Rory
1: disappeared that she had been pregnant and she was making some steps to actually start turning her life around because she wanted to keep this baby. Adam, though, would later strongly deny any rumors while being interviewed, saying that he had intimate knowledge of Rory's reproductive organs and that she wasn't pregnant at the time.
0: That means like after he killed her, he knew. Oh, so that is meaning what I'm thinking it's meaning. He cut her up enough to know that she wasn't pregnant. Yeah.
1: Oh. Adam was taken back to the police station and was held in a dry cell so that he could not destroy any more evidence down the drain. He wasn't interviewed until 1.17 in the morning because the police actually changed the murder charge to an indecent interference with a dead body after they consulted with their legal team. The legal team was afraid that they were rushing in with this murder charge and they were afraid that they wouldn't have enough evidence
0: to actually make it stick. So charge him with this right now and then we'll charge him with murder as soon as we have enough evidence. Absolutely. So
1: originally they have him on an indecent interference with a dead body. And he's copying to this one. He's totally admitting that, yep, I chopped up this dead body. By this time, Adam had also met with lawyers and his original mood for spilling the beans had disappeared.
0: Oh, I bet. Now he's like, oh, I was holding it for a friend.
1: Yeah. Well, they've told him that they're going to charge him for the indecency to a human body. He's willing to talk about that, but he won't talk about anything else. During his December 30th interview, Adam is open to discussing dismembering and disemboweling Rory's body. But when questioned about other possible victims, he denies it. Because at this time, they just have a freezer full of body parts. He remains very close-lipped about anything else after that. Other than, by the way, there's a pipe bomb in my apartment hidden in a storage cubby. You might want to be careful. I don't want anybody to get hurt. <laughs>
0: That's crazy.
1: Mm -hmm. So after obtaining a warrant on December 30th and having the bomb squad come in and detonate a pipe bomb on the 31st, police start an in-depth search of Adam's apartment.
0: Wow. It's actually shocking to me that he even told them that that was in there and didn't let them just discover it and it would blow up them and the evidence.
1: And this is how I think he kind of coerced or tricked some of his victims or some of the women that he had sex with into it because there are times that he seems like a decent, nice guy. Like, oh, I just want to take care of you so I'm going to tell you about the pipe bomb that I've got there or he was very polite with police officers when they arrested him like thanking them for being gentlemanly and being kind to him and like he's got this dichotomy of personalities that is very strange so he's like a super nice guy except when it comes to his sexual fantasies and these his domineering thoughts interesting
0: yeah because it doesn't seem to mesh together
1: it doesn't at all wild so the police's search of his apartment was made extremely difficult because of the state that Adam Lived in. It was extremely cluttered, very dirty, and in complete disarray. Instead of an actual bed, Adam had several deflated air mattresses stacked together, and several more were found in a spare bedroom. Garbage was piled up in almost every corner of his apartment. Ew. If a nook or cranny wasn't filled with garbage, it was filled with BDSM paraphernalia. Police found numerous sex toys, restraints, knives, and a hammer, all that tested positive for blood and DNA. One of the knives that they find in the drawer of the kitchen is a specialty knife used particularly for skinning and gutting animals. And it just happens to have tissue-like material on it. the freezer is also taken in for forensic examination
0: oh no those poor crime scene investigators having to go through all of this stuff
1: i can't imagine what it would be like and how do you just go home after
0: having seen all this and just go on in your normal everyday life right because you can't talk about details of the case while you're doing it it would be so difficult it would
1: the autopsy on roy's remaining body parts was difficult because the remains had been thawed and refrozen several times adam confessed to defrost her and dismembering her body parts in warm water in the bathtub multiple times to strip away the flesh to flush it down the toilet. It was revealed that the strips of flesh and muscle had been methodically removed from the bones. The amputation of the limbs had been done expertly through the joints. Rory had significant bruising from several blunt force blows to the right eye, both cheeks, and her chin. A lack of healing at any of these contusions indicated that they were delivered close to the time of her death. Her skull also revealed two or three areas that had been fractured. Because of the lack of contusions around the fractures, though, it is possible that these blows were delivered post-mortem.
0: Oh, that indicates some rage. Mm -hmm. And that's even, like, I get what you're saying about the garbage pigs, but being flushed down the toilet is even worse.
1: So degrading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adam's semen was found in both vaginal and rectal canals. Rory was also found to have several drugs in her system at the time of her death. And the ultimate cause of her death was listed as inconclusive because there were just so many things that they couldn't come to an actual conclusion about. Because they don't have a full body. They just don't have her internal organs. Okay.
0: But some of that stuff was... Down to the bone. It was down to the
1: bone and they have it all in like tiny little strips. So the only bruising that they could actually account for was the stuff on her face because right. that was the only thing that wasn't left to flesh because she had been decapitated. They couldn't tell if she had been strangled. It's terrible. So Rory's DNA was also found in multiple places and items around Adam's apartment. It was found on the walls in the entrance stairwell, the wall of the kitchen that was closest to Adam's bedroom, and on the north wall and the ceiling of his bedroom. Her blood was also found on two air mattresses. One air mattress was found beside the freezer where her body parts were found. And another beige air mattress was found rolled up by the washing machine in the furnace room. It appeared like Adam had attempted to wash it and when that didn't work, he just cut out a large V-section of the air mattress. On that air mattress, over 60% of the surface was covered with Rory's blood and that of Adam's last girlfriend. (gasps) Who's still alive. She made statements. okay. So I was like, well, there's our other victim right there. She was still alive. She had made statements to the police. Okay. But because it had DNA from Adam's last girlfriend, they knew that this had been where he was sleeping. This had been in his room. Right. It was surmised that a bloodletting event had to have taken place on this air mattress because it was just so saturated in blood. Roy's blood and DNA were also found on cuffs of a spreader bar, a bent hammer, a walking stick and the pulley system that I told you about earlier. Several other sex toys and seven different areas in the interior of the freezer. Roy's pink running shoes were found with blood on them tucked near the headboard of Adam's bed. No blood was found on the insides of these shoes. She had to have been wearing them at the time of her death. Uh Other areas of the house and items also have DNA profiles from unknown sources. A crowbar was found to have blood on it but there wasn't a sufficient enough quantity to actually test. So when they were collecting evidence from his apartment, they were finding blood and DNA evidence everywhere. Sounds like it. Mm -hmm. The Wyoming hunting knife that was found in the kitchen also had DNA on it again, but it wasn't Rory's. So
0: that's suggesting that there's other victims. Mm
1: -hmm. There was also three stains in the freezer that they couldn't attribute to Rory either.
0: So how many different DNA profiles did they find? There were multiple DNA profiles, four or five for sure. Wow. Mm -hmm. which if
1: he's murdered all those women, he would be a serial killer. Mm -hmm. The stains on the hunting knife and the freezer were determined to be from the same source and police started to compare that to their missing persons reports. They determined that the third DNA contributor was Candace Fitzpatrick, a teen that had disappeared at the age of 19 Eight years previous.
0: Whoa.
1: Eight years. Her family was still tirelessly looking for her.
0: That's so sad. I just can't even imagine looking that long and having that hope that you're going to find your baby girl. And then this is what you find out. No. I remember these are just like fragments of DNA
1: from yeah. her. Candace had shared similar character traits to Rory. She was a troubled teen who had become addicted to drugs and fell into the sex trade to fund her habits. She was transient and spent long periods of time away from her family and stayed in shelters. She had been last seen on June 15th, 2008. After reviewing the evidence from Adam's electronic devices, cell phone, and security cameras around the apartment, the police felt that they had enough evidence to convict Adam on both murders. Good. And Rory's was like a no-brainer case. In addition to all the physical evidence of the bloody bedroom scene they found, police had video of her entering and leaving Adam's apartment on different occasions, so they were able to establish that they knew each other and that there was an opportunity for him to have been with Rory.
0: Oh, so she had been to his apartment previously. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because she was a sex trade worker. Right. And so when he couldn't convince women, he would pay them to come to his house.
0: So this is on different occasions that she's been there. So he knew her well, probably. She had been there on several occasions. Which is sad because if she was going back, she probably was not expecting this to happen. No, probably not. Police
1: were also able to establish that Rory went missing sometime around September 1st and that Adam was alone in his residence from September 1st from 9 p.m. until September 3rd at 9.43 a.m. They believe that Rory's body was disposed of on September 4th into Lake Ontario based on Adam's electronic location data and the fact that he had actually turned off his GPS locator during that same time frame. <laughs> so even though he had turned off his GPS, they were still able to pick up where his cell phone was and he had went to Lake Ontario on September 4th.
0: And by him turning off his GPS locator, that is totally showing suspicion.
1: Yeah, super suspicious, right? Yeah. Yeah. Candace's case was a little bit trickier, though. While they had Adam's admission that he knew Candace and they had her DNA on the hunting knife and in the freezer. They had no body and no other leads, but based on the girls' profiles and what they knew about how Adam treated Rory and where her body had ended
0: up, they felt
1: that they had enough to get some sort of conviction for Candace as well. For
0: sure. And the way I see it, if you're being convicted and there's enough evidence to prove that you murdered this one woman and did all these horrific things to her body, if they find more women's evidence, I don't care if she just had a nosebleed at your house. If you did this and we find her blood, you should be charged for her too. Come at me if you want, but that's how I think it should be. Yeah. But very, very tricky to actually convict on. Oh, yeah, totally it is. Mm -hmm. Police believed, based on his past
1: behavior with other women, that Adam had elicited both women for their services and had confined them and then killed them by some unknown manner. Both women were then dismembered and stored in the freezer at some point.
0: And that's what I mean. They found this other woman's DNA, her blood, in the freezer. That should be proof enough. He had stored another woman's body there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: After the time that the both women spent in the freezer, he started to dispose of their bodies. On November 8th, 2018, the charge of indignity to a human body was withdrawn and he was rearrested and charged with two counts of first-degree murder for Candace Fitzpatrick and Rory Hatch. At the time of his arrest, he was once again interviewed by police. During this interview, he was very concerned about trading details of his crime for certain comforts in prison. And he actually mentions the deals that Picton gets. He does? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh,
0: what a dirtbag. I don't know how those officers don't want to just like punch him in the face. How they practice any restraint at all? Yeah. Like, oh, I'll tell you this if you get me another pillow. Yeah. He
1: comments several times about being willing to spill the beans for a deal. If a deal isn't in the mix adam refuses to answer any of the investigators questions related to the death of rory or candace although he does stay very chatty during this whole 11 hour interview whoa of the numerous things that he hints at some of the most shocking ones are when he appears to be on the verge of answering one of the detectives questions about the details of the woman and he catches himself and several times says something similar to like oh but i can't say that oh
0: mm-hmm. because he's been
1: time. given legal counsel not to talk
0: Right. But he's, like, taunting them then. He's, uh-huh. like, teasing. Like, oh, and, oh, wait, I can't tell you that part.
1: When the detective makes the statement, honestly, Adam, I think there are more than two, Adam challenges him and says, well, have at her. Find him. Oh, the arrogance. Like, he is so cocky. Mm-hmm. When describing how he dismembered Rory, he makes the comment that her liver was the largest liver he had ever seen. And I'm not sure how many livers that you've seen, but I'll bet it's just as many as a gas attendant or a coffee shop worker would have seen.
0: Yeah, zero. Exactly. The largest liver he has ever seen. Where is he getting the
1: comparison from?
0: Yeah, if you're not a surgeon, (laughs) how many livers have you seen? Hopefully everyone else can answer zero.
1: (laughs) Unless you have a profession that actually, like I've seen some livers, but... That's because I've worked in the OR. Right. Right. That's what I mean. During the interview, he expresses frustration at his procrastination and the faulty plumbing that led to his arrest. Adam told police officers that getting caught was just bad luck. I just got greedy. So he totally blames leaving the DNA on the knife, not cleaning up Rory's shoes. He just got lazy.
0: Oh, it was karma. Karma came and bit you in the butt.
1: Even though it led to his arrest, he maintains that flushing the flesh down the toilet is a quote, awesome way to get rid of evidence he also makes it clear that he is aware of how to get rid of dna evidence telling the police that he just had to boil the knife and get rid of it he was just too lazy to do so
0: which is making me feel like there was way more victims at least he's wanting to taunt the police so that they will feel that way Mm -hmm. like no i know how to do this i've done it it's easy i just got lazy this time
1: Yeah. And I didn't take care of it. And the amount of skill that he used to dismember Rory is concerning for me.
0: Right. And like you said at the beginning, sometimes serial killers get sloppy and that's how they get caught. And it's after you've done it so many times... That you start to feel invincible and you get more brazen and you're like, meh, I'll clean that next week. It's fine. Well, it sounded like he was flushing the
1: flesh down the toilet faster this time because he had a certain time frame The people upstairs were away on vacation.
0: And he was probably wanting to make room for another victim Mm -hmm. because like we said, these things escalate. Mm -hmm.
1: When the detective suggests that Adam disposed of Roy's body on September 4th, Adam answers and says, I think that's a pretty freaking good guess there, bud won't admit it but that's his comment to the police officer that says yeah we this is what we believe wow uh-huh when questioned about whether he had lied during his original statement to police when they'd asked him about there only being one victim adam explains that self-protection is a worthy thing to lie for he states i'm not a liar i i, I generally am not but i often said you know things I'd lie about. No, officer, I didn't kill that woman, or no, I didn't rape that girl. Those are things that are are reasonable to lie about.
0: No, it's not, Adam.
1: It's not reasonable to do those things. But in that statement, I just thought there he admits he knows. That what he's doing to these women is rape. Yeah, and that
0: it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And that I'm going to lie for self-preservation is basically what he's telling them. Mm -hmm.
1: Throughout the interview, he makes several statements about the inaptness of the police search that was done. He is mocking the police completely, shocked that they didn't find more evidence against him. He also has a debate with the detective about the definition of a serial killer and admits that he does have several characteristics of a serial killer and blames it on the lack of nurturing he received as a child. Wow. Wow. There are several times that he's taunting police officers saying, like, you missed
0: this. Oh, you didn't find anybody else's blood on that knife? Oh, I cannot even imagine. How infuriating. Mm-hmm. How did they keep their cool with that guy? Is that all you found? Oh, it's like that sassy kid, uh-huh. you know?
1: While awaiting trial, Adam is sent to Central East Correction Center just outside of Lindsay, Ontario. He is kept separate from the other prisoners because Pop is considered unsafe for him. Most view him as a child murderer. Well, he is a child murderer. Mm -hmm. And Rory's family has alleged connections to the Hells Angels, and Adam feared that there might be some hit ordered on him. Yeah, you're a pedophile.
0: It's always crazy to me how pedophiles are protected in our prison systems. You can do this horrific thing to our most vulnerable of our communities, but we're going to protect you once you go into jail.
1: Yeah, because we don't want anybody to hurt you back.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. It is bizarre.
1: Adam wasn't appreciative of the extra protection, though, and complained about the treatment he received and the lack of food that was provided for him. On numerous occasions, he attempts to plea bargain for more comfortable surroundings. His selfishness to me and this me, me, me attitude is so mind-boggling and maddening. Yeah. Yeah. After the many delays caused by Adam dragging his feet on finding a lawyer he liked, his trial finally began on September 28, 2020.
0: Oh, this is not that long ago then. Nope.
1: Instead of a trial by jury, Adam chooses to have his case tried in front of a single judge. He offered no evidence in his defense, nor did he make any statements in his defense. He is remaining that tight-lipped. This lack of participation in the trial, though, did not stop his complete lack of empathy from becoming very apparent. He showed no emotions towards the victim's families who sat and listened to almost 15 hours of interviews with him while he described dismembering Rory casually. And at one point, one of the dads actually had to get up and leave the courtroom. I believe it. Mm hmm. During the trial proceedings there were several times that Adam made sarcastic jokes and had to be reprimanded by the judge. Oh what a dirtbag. And at times he refused to leave his cell for a video appearance in court all resulting in the trial being dragged out. 37 times these people had to come to the courthouse and sometimes he just refused to leave his cell.
0: I don't understand how they can be allowed to refuse to leave. Well he would just say I'm not feeling well today. Can they not restrain him and bring him in Hannibal Lecter style on a Dolly. Or remember, they should. But remember,
1: this is during COVID. And so he would just say, I'm not feeling well. And I'm like, Oh. oh my goodness, you are appearing on video. Who cares if you're not feeling well? These people had 37 appearances they had to make.
0: And you're having to go through that emotional hell, preparing for that every single time. 37 times, you're having that pit in your stomach. You feel like you want to vomit, knowing that you're going to see the face of the man that did this to your daughter.
1: Working yourself up
0: every single time. And
1: then to get to court and find out that he just doesn't want to show up on video.
0: Yeah, which would then... Just be like another slap in the face. Mm -hmm. No, you tie that sucker up to a dolly like Hannibal Lecter and you roll him in there.
1: Yeah. Candace's father was enraged. He had waited over 10 years to find out what had happened to his daughter. And this is what this dirtbag was doing to him.
0: I cannot even imagine. I'm enraged and I'm just learning about this now. Yeah. How did I not hear about this case? Especially with it just coming to trial and being in Canada. It's so crazy.
1: But Adam's nerve is just so unbelievable. The audacity, honestly. Mm -hmm. On March 16, 2021, Adam was convicted of first degree murder of Rory Hatch and sentenced to life in prison without the eligibility of parole for 25 years. In regards to Candace Fitzpatrick, he was found guilty of manslaughter in correlation to her disappearance and sentenced to 18 years to be served concurrently. So because they didn't have as much evidence and so they couldn't say that it was for sure first degree murder. But for sure he had caused her death, is what the judge concluded. At the sentencing trial, the judge made the following statement. Mr. Strong, you are a dangerous predator. You decided to feed your selfish desires, and in doing so, you took two young, vulnerable lives. You murdered Rory Hatch, you butchered her body, and you disposed of her unhumanely. You unlawfully caused Candace Fitzpatrick's death. You butchered her body and managed to deny her family the ability to lay her remains to rest. You not only took these two young, vulnerable lives, you also entirely destroyed the lives of those people who stood closest to them, loved them, and cared for them. You may never be capable of feeling the true weight of the damage that you have caused, but as the days turn to months and the months turn to years, I sincerely hope you come to realize what you've done. But for now, your moment before us is done. From here, you will go to prison, and in all likelihood, you will never be seen in public again. In time, you will be forgotten. Well said. Mm-hmm. Not long after Adam was sentenced, the Homicide Department received information in July 2021 that Adam was being heard from again. He was ready to disclose some information about the location of Candace's remains. He led police to a small clearing by a tree line behind the Drive near Britannia Ave East in Oshawa on November 4th. There, he pointed out the general area where he believes was the spot that he hid Candace's body. Human remains were found and dug up at the site from November 8th to the 13th and were confirmed by the Center of Forensic Science to be those of Candace Fitzpatrick. 14 years after she went missing, Candace's body was returned to her family and laid to rest properly. Wow. During a press conference in February 16, 2022, police confirmed to the general public that the partial remains that Adam had led police to were in fact Candace's. Police assured the public that there was no financial compensation or any
0: added privilege for Adam based upon his help to recover these remains. So he just voluntarily wanted to tell them where she was? Yep. That's a twist. I know. Do you think he was starting to actually feel some remorse and wanted to give that family closure or he wanted his name in the news again?
1: I think he was after the media attention again. Rory's mom made the following statement at that media conference and said, Adam does not deserve praise for helping the police and attributes God to finding the remains. She said, conscience is ugly when you're dealing with it in the dark all by yourself. You know, I'm not grateful to him. I'm thankful to God that he made this happen. And, you know, I'm happy for the family now to have closure.
0: So that was Rory's mom, not Candace's mom. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Maddeningly, Adam's sentence involving Candace's death cannot be changed now. He was already tried for her death and received a sentence for it. So unless they're going to delay additional charges, they can't charge him for murdering her again.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And he only got manslaughter for her. That's right.
1: So he only remains accountable for the manslaughter charge. In her case.
0: And he's serving that concurrent. Oh, yeah.
1: And that is the case of the cringeworthy, saddest buffoon of a dirtbag, Adam Jeffrey Strong. And so now I have to ask you, do you think that we stopped a serial killer and caught him before he went on? Because for sure, I think he had the potential to murder more victims. But did we catch him before he did that? Or do you think in that eight years between when he killed Candace and when he killed Rory, do you think he was murdering other people in between?
0: It's hard to say, but I honestly would be shocked if he hadn't killed somebody else in between because eight years is a long time to go, but it's not impossible. Not impossible. I think the
1: practice skill-wise of him says that he didn't wait eight years in between.
0: Yeah. I don't think he did. And him taunting the police, making it sound like he had killed more, I think he probably did. Or do you think that was just a ploy for attention? Could be. Because he was neglected as a youth. And they also found unidentified DNA profiles in his apartment. Right. But because he was, he had such a active
1: sexual lifestyle, it wouldn't be uncommon for them to find other DNA profiles on all of his BDSM paraphernalia.
0: That's true. But what about blood? Did they say how much blood they found of other people? No. The blood they found were
1: blood profiles. One was his, one was an ex-girlfriend, one was Rory's, and one was Candace's.
0: Okay, well maybe he didn't because if they found Candace's from eight years ago, how come hers wasn't cleaned up and other people's were?
1: That's true. How would you clean up in the freezer, wipe down
0: and miss hers? Right. When hers has been there the longest. Yeah. Maybe they caught a serial killer in the making. Yeah. Let's hope that. Well, it will be interesting because he waited some time and then recently told where Candace's remains are. We'll have to keep an eye on this case and let our listeners know if he starts to admit to other killings.
1: Yeah. There were at the time a lot of teenage girls that were going missing from the sex trade in that area at the time in Mm -hmm. between Candace and Rory.
0: Right. I will not be surprised surprised. I'm going to say I hope that there are no other victims, but I won't be surprised if we find out later that there was.
1: Yeah, it's hard to tell with this dirtbag of whether he's just after attention and is claiming that he killed more than he did. Right. Or if he actually did kill more. I think we would sleep better in our beds tonight knowing that They stopped a serial killer, then didn't catch him, and he flew under the radar for eight years.
0: Yeah, I agree. I might be thinking about this one when I go to bed tonight, that's for sure. I wasn't expecting another total dirtbag from Canada from you today (laughs) after doing the Picton case. It's amazing how many dirtbags there are out there. It's true. Well, I will do my best next week to bring a case that's not so gruesome because we've done this to you now two weeks in a row. We'll be looking forward to something a little bit lighter next week, Christy. If murder can be light. Until next time. We hope you have a wonderful week. See ya. Bye. coming to your hot. <laughs> that's gonna sound bad that's another podcast <laughs> oh really <laughs> oh really yeah
1: acquaintances who asked to remain anonymous anom- 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 <laughs> to anom- remain what hold on i'll get it even with my glasses on i still can't speak while, while they were res- while they were restrained
0: oh my goodness I'm like if you could see my face right now maybe yeah. I shouldn't say that because there might be a lot of like people who
1: the residents so the residents oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> she had to move
1: <sighs> okay huh. yeah I have yep. to
0: bite my tongue on that
1: one <laughs> even season ease of it <laughs> this
0: time no don't say that <laughs>
1: Made the cruise, made the gruesome. With police off He was very polite with police- off. First degree mortar-
0: Mortar? Murder, murder. Yeah, they need to bury him in- oh. Mortar? That's the best to make fun of you. <laughs> hey, we're live, pal. And we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you
1: know that cows have accents?
0: We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye.